This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul talks to the Corinthians about warfare. Now, it wouldn't make sense if the Holy Ghost is inspiring both of these letters to be written by the same man. If the Holy Ghost is consistent, then the warfare that he talks about to the Corinthians is going to be the same kind of warfare he's trying to instruct the, the Ephesians about, wouldn't it? I mean, there's only one fight that we fight, and that's the fight against the enemy, the fight of faith, to stand effectively when evil attacks us, right? So he wouldn't be talking about a different aspect of warfare to the Corinthians. If the Bible is true, it's got to be consistent. So notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul said, in beginning in verse 3, by the Holy Ghost, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That sounds a lot like what he said in verse 12 about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? He's saying we are in a war, but it's not a fleshly war. It's not a natural war. Now, why is that important? He said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. They're not natural things. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He's saying we do war, but it's not a fleshly or a natural war. It's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual war. That means, therefore, that the devil's road is not a natural road. It's got to be a spiritual road. Otherwise, we'd be warring in the flesh. We'd be trying to stay off the natural road that the devil uses. But Paul tells us by the Holy Ghost, it's not a natural thing. Our weapons are not carnal or natural or earthly. They're not things you can put your finger on and and poke and feel and hold in your hand like a natural sword would be or a natural shield would be. Wouldn't it be nice if the shield of faith was uh, was a natural thing where we'd know whether or not we've got it up or not? Well, that might be nice to satisfy our our feelings, but it wouldn't work as well. For though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are carnal... Not carnal, excuse me, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what are the strongholds he's talking about? It sounds like he's talking about doing battle with the enemy. It sounds like he's talking about getting into battle and using that armor of God and using the things God has given us against the enemy. How are we supposed to fight him? Well, we're supposed to get in there and pull down strongholds. You'll find people that are trying to pray and pull down the strongholds of, of the devil. Notice where he says the strongholds are. Casting down imaginations. Folks, the only stronghold that the devil can ever use against you is in your mind. That means that the devil is going to try to trick you through your thinking to take his road. Casting down imaginations and every high thing, please notice that, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, what's a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? Anything that says it's true and the word is not is something that is exalting itself above that which is never going to change, that which is eternal, that which is truth, which is the word of God. Anything that says it's true instead of the word is a high thing that needs to be pulled down. Now we're starting to see what the devil's road is, aren't we? The road that he wants you to take is to influence your thinking 
that something else is more true than God's word. Let's put this in context of healing and sickness. The Bible says, it says it's an accomplished fact, says it's already done. The Bible says that you and I were healed by the stripes of Jesus. Yet sickness attacks our body. And what's the first thing that comes with symptoms? The devil speaks to our minds and says, you're not going to get healed this time. Or this is something in some situation that's going on that's too much for you to be able to handle. Now, what is it doing? It's bringing a thought to exalt itself against the knowledge of God's word, the truth of God's word that says you've already been healed because of the stripes of Jesus. Now, you're going to have to deal with that thought. You're going to have to decide, and this is the decision to make. You are at a fork in the road. Which way? One way is God's road. The other way is the devil's road. You have to make that decision. Each and every time that a thought comes that exalts itself against the truth of God's word, you have to make the decision, which fork in the road am I going to take? Sometimes you've got to backtrack your steps. Sometimes you've got to retrace and get back off those wrong forks to work your way back over to where the things of God are. And the way you do that is by meditating in the Word of God, by replacing the wrong thinking with the truth of God's Word. And in many cases, that's the only way you can do it. Now, sometimes in God's mercy, He'll just reach down and He'll pick somebody up, just like the man in, in the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. He'll pick somebody off the wrong road and just reach over here and set him down on the right road. Thank God for gifts of the Spirit and thank God for manifestations of the Holy Ghost that do those types of things. God-initiated works. Thank God for those. But those, that was not the majority way that Jesus, or the most common way that Jesus ministered. The most common way that Jesus ministered was requiring faith on the part of the individual. In other words, making a choice to leave this road to get back on the right road. So he says we're supposed to do something about these strongholds. And our spiritual weapons are sufficient to overcome these strongholds, these prisons that the devil makes in our minds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. Oh, folks, that is a full-time job. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Or we might say the obedience of what God's Word says. Those are synonymous terms. I know when I first came to the understanding that I had to renew my mind. Man, alive, there were so many things I had to change. I thought, I'll never get there. I'll just never get there. I heard Brother Hagin talk about how he had walked with the Lord for 50-something years at that point in time. And, and how he had renewed his mind to the Word. And I thought, dear God... I might as well give up now. But let me tell you something. And this is something that the Lord spoke to me that became a great encouragement to me. The renewed mind is not the, word, is not the mind that knows everything the Bible says. Because I don't know everything the Bible says now. I don't think you ever get to the place where you know everything the Bible says. The renewed mind is not the mind that knows everything the Bible says, but the mind that says first and foremost in every situation, what does the Word say? That's when you know you're making progress and renewing your mind. Because you may not know. You may not, you may have to go find out what does the Bible say. But when you first and foremost identify that the word is truth for me, I'm choosing God's road. I don't know exactly all the information I need about this, but God's road is my choice. That's when you start making progress and renewing your mind. Now look with me over to, um, look with me over to Hebrews. Um, let's start in chapter four. We'll look at chapter 4 and then we'll skip over to chapter 10. We're talking about standing in faith. 
What does it mean to stand in faith? Hebrews chapter 4, there's, um, uh, I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Whoever it was was inspired by the Holy Ghost. But if you'll for, forgive me for saying that Paul did it, I'm, I'm convinced. You may not be. But I, I want to put a, a, a face, I want to put a name to the book so that it's not just some, you know, well, we don't know who it was. I believe it was Paul because, number one, it's Paul's message. We know it couldn't have been Peter because Peter talked about the things that Paul wrote and said, those things are hard to understand. I think that's one of the reasons that the uh, the Pharisees in, John, uh, in Acts chapter 3 recognized that Peter and John were ignorant and unlearned men. Because some of the things Paul talked about, he talked about from a position of learning. He had been trained just, he had the same training that the high priest had. So Paul related some things to the Old Testament that Peter said, well, I never even think about that. Thank God it's not important for you to know everything, but God to use you. Peter's a great encouragement to me. So, Hebrews chapter 4. Notice what the Holy Ghost is telling us. Um, let's start in verse 14. Well, no, let's start in verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Weymouth's translation says full of life and power. I love that. The word of God is full of life and power. That means if something's full of something, you, there's no room for anything else. It's full of life and power. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints of the and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, the word of God is the only thing that's going to ever help you identify your heart. It's specifically equipped for that purpose and nothing else will do it. You want to know what's really in your heart? The Word of God is the only thing that can identify it for you. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but on all things, uh, but all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. He's talking about Jesus. He said, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Thank God we do. Jesus, the Son of God, what are we supposed to do since Jesus is our high priest and is passed on to the heavens that is sitting at the right hand of the Father for us? What are we supposed to do? He said, let us hold fast our profession. That means keep saying the truth. Keep saying what you believe. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. God knows the struggles that you have. He knows the, the feelings of unworthiness. Jesus knows how you're dealing with life and what, uh, what you've had to deal with and where you've come from. He knows all that kind of stuff. Don't let those things hold you back. Keep speaking what you believe. Let us therefore, because Jesus can relate to us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That means that you're feeling the worst, the feeling of the greatest unworthiness, your, your, the worst failure you've ever been. There's grace to help. There's the mercy of God to get you over. Now turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, Paul says, again, by the Holy Ghost, Beginning in verse 22, he said, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So he's talking about faith, isn't he? Let us be, be fully assured in faith would be another way to say this. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. How is it that we're supposed to, what, we're, what is it we're supposed to use as a foundation for our faith? The knowledge that we got saved. Now folks, how did you get saved? You did what the Bible said to do. In other words... The greatest miracle, the greatest experience that you're ever going to have, you've already had when you got saved. 
Now, I'm not saying it's all downhill from there. Please don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is receiving healing is nothing. It's a change in your body. Your spirit's already been recreated. You've already believed for the most significant thing you could ever have. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, this is going to be tough, though. No, it's not. People sometimes have the question, well, how is it that healing, that uh, being saved is an instant change and healing sometimes is a gradual change? Being saved is spirit to spirit. Healing is spirit to spirit, but then it has to manifest in your flesh. It has to work from the inside out. I don't know if you know this, but people are healed from the inside out, not from the outside in. And you make contact with healing power just like you made contact with saving power. Just simply by acting on what the Word says. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Now, folks, you can let somebody steal your possession. I can go home this afternoon after church and find out that people have moved into my house and, and, and taken over. And I could just walk away. I could just say, well, this seems unfair. Or I could go in my closet and get my gun and clean them out. <laughs> it's my choice. And my choice is going to be determined by how much I really believe this is mine. And that's exactly what taking hold of your possessions, taking hold of the finished work of Jesus, taking hold of the abundance of grace, that's what that really is all about. It's about you determining, is the Bible true that says, this is mine? Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to MikeWeb.tv. So he says, seeing that we've been sprinkled, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast uh, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now what in the world would cause you to waver in your profession of faith? Here's the devil's road. The devil's going to try to influence your thinking to get you to change what you're saying. This is the road the devil travels, folks. This is the only road that he's got. Skip with me over to verse um, 34. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. Paul now is talking, I believe it's Paul, but he's talking about how the, uh, the, the uh, Jewish Christians gave to his ministry. He said, For you had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. In other words, he's saying the reason you gave is because you know that there is a blessing attached to giving. What is that blessing attached to giving? Well, Jesus said that the rich young ruler was supposed to sell what he had and give so that he'd have treasure in heaven. That's the same thing that Paul's telling us by the Holy Ghost. He's saying that when we give, it lays up treasure in heaven for us. Now, is that the end of it? Okay, good for you. You've got treasure in heaven. No, notice what he says next. He says, because you acted on the word, because you did give toward me to lay up treasure in heaven, he says in verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence. Because you've acted on the word now, don't cast away your confidence. That's like saying don't waver in your profession of faith. He's saying the same thing. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What is he saying? He's saying don't let go of your confidence. How do you let go of your confidence? You change what you say. 
Don't let the circumstances influence your thinking to think that it's not going to bring a blessing back to you. He's saying continue to confess, continue to speak what you believe. Why? Because Jesus said you'll have what you say. Continue to say what you believe in your heart so that the promise can be realized in your life. So what do we say to these things? Well, very simply this. The devil's one and only one way that he can work against you to rob you of the things of God is to influence your thinking. He does that through speaking to your mind. He does that through circumstance. To bring something to change your thinking so that you'll quit saying what the Bible says and start speaking something to the contrary. And that's the only road the devil travels. Let me say it very simply, or try to say it simply. Trying to say it in different ways so people get it. If you will take what the Bible says, believe in your heart, and say with your mouth just what God said about your situation, whether it's finances, whether it's healing, whatever it is. If you will say what the Bible says about your situation and remind God that you're standing in faith about it day after day, that's the same thing Abraham did, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that God was able to do what he promised. That's how you do it. You continue to speak what God's word says about your situation. There is not enough power that the devil can get a hold of to stop it from changing. But what happens is people lose heart. It takes a while, and so they say, well, I guess maybe that's not working after all. What do they do? They just switched over and took the devil's fork in the road. Folks, the Bible's not true because it seems like it's working. It's not true because of the way it makes you feel. It's not true because how it looks. It's true because it's the word of God. And God can't lie. When you look in the face of your circumstances, just like Jesus did with the fig tree in Mark chapter 11. When you look in the face of your circumstances and say what the Bible says about your situation instead of what it looks like. There's not enough power in hell. There's not enough power that the devil can scrounge up. To stop the blessings of God from being yours. And that's where the fight of faith is. The fight of faith is keeping your mind fixed on the word of God. What does the Bible say? I will keep him in perfect peace uh, uh, whose mind is stayed on thee for he trusts in thee. The place of peace is keeping your mind focused on the word of God. Instead of letting the devil deceive you by thinking something else is true, thereby taking his road. I think sometimes people might understand, misunderstand this. But it's absolutely the truth. The key to being strong in the Lord is to have the mind renewed to your word. We try to work up some kind of spiritual power. Well, spiritual power is having your mind focused on the truth of the word and acting on it no matter what it looks like. I've got something I'm believing God for and the devil tells me every day, you don't really think that's going to work, do you? You know, you'd think you'd give up after a while. Because I answer him the same way, according to Mark eleven twenty four. I believe I receive, and then say what it is. So therefore, by faith, it's mine now. And he'll he'll remind me every day. Well, you can't really think that's yours. Look at this, and look at that, and look at the other, folks. If I don't t- turn loose of my confession, if I don't cast away my confidence, there's nothing he can do to keep it from happening. Because Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. God didn't say your chances are good. He said you shall have them. 
Now, folks, from the natural standpoint, it is impossible. And that's what he keeps trying to tell me. Don't you see how impossible this is? Yeah, that's why Mark 11.24 is there. That's why Jesus said, therefore, what things soever you desire. I've had him say, well, you can't possibly think God wants that for you. Doesn't matter. I want it. God knows what I'll do when I get it. So Mark 11.24 qualifies. I have him tell me all kinds of things. And every day it's the same routine. 50 times a day, same routine. According to Mark 11.24, I believe I receive it. Therefore, I declare by faith it's mine now. In Jesus' name. Now, folks, so far, it's been 25 years. How long is it going to be, Pastor Mike? I don't know. Don't care. It's not my problem. It can be another 25 as far as I'm concerned. Because I know it's something that God put in my heart to start with. And I know it will come to pass. If nothing else, I'm going to be able to say I outlasted the devil. You know, I, I said that trying to make a joke. But that's something that Terry Myers said that T.L. Osborne told him. Well, Terry and I were at lunch when he was here and uh, for the other meetings earlier this year. And... Um, uh, and we were at lunch, and he said, you know, he said, one of the best things, best piece of advice I ever got was T.L. Osborne, who had been on the mission field, seen God do miracles and signs and wonders, all kinds of things. He said, Terry, he said, stay till the devil leaves. That's tough to do sometimes, isn't it? Because it looks like he's never going to leave. But that's what T.L. told him. He said, stay with it till the devil leaves. Terry said one of the uh, situations he had where he raised a little girl from the dead that uh, I don't remember how many hours he, he said it was. It was something like 20 hours, 18 hours. I don't know what it was. It was some unreal amount of time. He said that I kept hearing those words again and again in my head. He said there were so many times I wanted to quit and say, well, okay, we gave it our best shot. He said, but I kept hearing T.L.'s voice in my ear, ringing in my ear, stay with it till the devil leaves. He said, finally, the devil left. The little girl was raised from the dead. I wonder how many things we lose out on because we give up too quick. And and you have a great pity party here. Oh, but it's been so long. Listen, I get that. It's been 25 years. I understand that. Oh, Lord. You know, I've done my best. You can work up a good cry over some of this stuff. But you know the thing I've always thought about, and I've even said this to the devil. Mr. Devil, if I gave up, what if it was tomorrow? What if I was just one day short? That's how I'm taking it. Day by day by day by day. And I'll have it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You may be sitting there, tell us, Pastor Mike, what is it? Tell us what it is. Tell us what it is. We'll agree with you. No, you wouldn't. It'd blow you out of the water. you say, oh, my God, that's impossible. But it's not. It's not. And even if it were, Jesus said all things are possible to them that believe. So sure, from the natural, it seems to be impossible. Your situation may be impossible too, from the natural standpoint. But remember, the weapons of your warfare are not natural things. You've got something spiritual that will change natural things. 
One of the things I like so much about the story, there's a couple of stories in the Bible. One is the Syrophoenician woman. Was it Luke 15, I think? Where she comes, she's not a Jew. She's not somebody that Jesus was sent in his earthly minister to, to help. But she comes for help for her daughter, and Jesus, first of all, doesn't answer her a word. And she keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. Finally, Jesus answers her and he says, it's not right to, to, uh, to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she turns it around and says, yeah, Lord, that's right. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She stuck in there. She hung in there. Jesus finally turned around and said, woman, great is your faith. One of the few people that Jesus commended for being great in faith was this woman who would not turn loose. I believe that's a great characteristic of being strong in faith. Somebody that will not turn loose. Cast not away your confidence. Cast not away your confidence. The road the devil travels is the one that tries to make you think that something else is more true than the Bible. And folks, nothing is ever more true than God's Word. Keep saying what God's Word says. You keep saying it, it'll come to pass. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your Word. Thank you that it's true. Thank you for the privilege that we have to walk by faith. Why don't we stand? Let's make a confession before we go. Raise one hand toward heaven and close your eyes and say this after me. According to God's word, Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And with his stripes, I was healed. I declare, based on God's word, that I am healed by faith. No matter what it looks like, no matter how I feel, No matter what it looks like tomorrow or what I'll feel tomorrow. No matter what thought comes, I will hold fast the profession of my faith. I will not cast away my confidence and therefore I will have what I say in Jesus' name. Amen. Our confession rules our life. We have what we say, and God intends for us to be able to change our world with our words. You can change your life with your words, too, by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if you believe that God sent Jesus to the earth, that he died on the cross for your sins, and that he raised him from the dead, and therefore confess Jesus just by choice as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. That's what changes your life, the belief that you have in what God has done and the confession that you make with your mouth. A simple prayer of salvation would sound like this. God, I believe that you sent Jesus to the earth, that he died for my sins, and that you raised him from the dead. Therefore, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior now. I thank you, Father, for accepting me into your family. I thank you for saving me. That's all there is to it. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I encourage you to use your confession to change your life to come into the family of God. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Holy Spirit said through Paul, Christ is the head, you're the body. Where are the feet? Are the feet in the head? No, the feet are in the body. That means if he put all things under his feet and you're the body of Christ and he's the head over all things to the church, which is his body, that means all things are under your feet. He's there to administrate. We're here in the field. He's at the home office. We're in the field. 
That's the only difference. We've been given his authority to use in the field. We've been given his place in the field. We have the same place with God, holy and without blame, as Jesus does himself. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.